Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yes, but he was also a superstar tennis player and now a gun in the media. Sam Groth joins me. Grothy, thanks for your time. Kane, good morning. Uh, we are in semi-final action at the moment. Live scores. Osaka won the first set. It's currently on serve 2-2 against her American opponent, Brady, who who you liked, Grothy, prior to the start of the tournament. Yeah, I did. She came in with a lot of form and... It's a big hitting going on in this one. Osaka got through the first set tiebreak pretty comfortably, but Brady settling in nicely here. Hasn't let her level drop off in the second set. But, yeah, big uh, well morning for us, but a night over there of, of women's action. Of course, Serena Williams and Azarenka coming up next. So, you know, four big hitters in the women's semifinal, that's for sure. Mm, so let's go back to yesterday's action, and Alex Demonor was on court about this time yesterday and didn't really trouble the scorers, Grothy, but all in all a pretty successful campaign winning through to his first quarters. Oh, huge effort from Demon, obviously, to get to the quarterfinals. A big step up for him. But talk about big hitting. Well, Dominic team, he, he epitomises that on the men's side of things. And when you look through the stats, he, he ruled off 44 winners in three sets of tennis. That's, yeah, extremely impressive stuff. And it was a dominant performance. I think the next step for Demon is going to be exactly that, working out how he can win points a little bit more easily. We know he covers the court well. We know he competes like a champion. But... When you're going to play the likes of team, you know, for a long time to come, uh, Zverev, you know, these big hitting young guys, um, Demon's definitely got um, the mentality. Uh, I think he's just got to find an easier way for himself to win. I think that's going to be his, his next challenge, especially when you've got to play best of five sets of the majors. How do you get that when you when you do have the frame that he's got? I mean, not dissimilar to to Leighton Hewitt and some other, you know, even right back to Michael Chang and these guys who are absolute just they're competitive animals, but they don't have the physical stature in modern Grand Slam tennis to compete with these big hitters. What would you be doing if you were a demon to go to that next level? Well, I tell you what, it's easy to, to sit here on my couch watching watching the yeah. US Open here to say that you, know, you need to find ways to win points easier. And you're right, you can't just all of a sudden grow six inches yeah. in height and find more on your serve. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit technical. I think if he can beef his serve up a little bit, at least get a few more points or three points um, behind that. So you don't have to start every point from sort of 50-50. Um, whether that's, you know, hitting spots a little better, a bit better accuracy, maybe it's, you know, I'm not sure what he thinks mm. of his team, but maybe it's a racket change. We saw Federer mm. go through that a few years ago where he went from the small-headed racket, um, get a few more square inches in the frame, and, you know, all of a sudden he found it a little bit easier to, to hit some winners, and he did that to combat Rafa. Well, Demon's going to have to do things to combat lots of team um, you know, for a lot of years to come. He, he's still so young. He, he's made this rapid rise, but he's going to have to keep making improvements. Did read this morning, um, there was a report that the US Open ratings are down 46%. Now, part of that is, is clearly because it's competing with the NBA final season as well and some other things on court. But Nick Kyrgios chipped in and said, well, perhaps it's because I'm not there. But he's got a point. I mean, he, he's a ratings winner, Nick Kyrgios, wherever and whenever he's playing. 
For sure. And obviously, we need the tennis to come back. But you look at the guys that draw the crowds, and even if, just, yeah. even if you just think about ticket sales here at the Australian Open when these players play, no Roger Federer, he's a blockbuster, not just in tennis, but, you know, globally, sport, outside of sport, everyone knows who the guy is. Rafael Nadal, you can almost put in the same uh, category as that. And then, you know, Nick, whether you like him or you don't like him, well, it's normally you either love Nick Kyrgios or you hate Nick Kyrgios. There's not really anyone who sits in, in the middle too often, but which, whichever way you sit, you tune in to watch him. And, yep. you know, it's very bold of him to come out and say that and say, well, look at me, I'm missing, people want to watch me. But it's, it's sort of true as well because people do turn up. People turn up to see him crack, crack it and, and lose the plot and all the antics. And people turn up to see some of the amazing stuff he can do on the court. And, you know, at the moment he, he's making the decision to not play, um, you know, for obvious reasons around coronavirus. But we all want to see him back on court because he is an entertainer. I think this is the thing that sometimes people miss with sport is it's an entertainment product. It's not sport like it was 30 years ago where people just played for the fun of it, um, you know, for, for no money, no, you know, no crowds, the TV broadcast rights. It's an entertainment product and Nick is an entertainer. Mm, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, there is a big game. I'm looking forward to Medvedev, Medvedev and team, I should say, the three and number two seed in that. The other semi-final is Carino Booster, which I, I'm not much familiar with his work, uh, Grothy. He's up against Vera, the fifth-seeded uh, German. So still some really enthralling contests to win through to the final. But certainly, if you look at the, the three young guys now, you mentioned Zero Medvedev and team. Well, they're ones for the future. Buster, well, Karina Buster, this is his second ever US Open semi-final. So he hasn't come from nowhere. It's just mm. the fact that he's probably about the fifth or sixth ranked Spaniard at 25 in the world. That's how good that country's going with their tennis. And when you think about the players they've had over the years, he sort of flies under the radar a little bit. But yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. He got through a tough one in five sets. But you know, I think the exciting thing is, and you know, the, the numbers may be down, but we're going to get a new Grand Slam champion and give us a real look to the future in men's tennis. Who do you think it'll be on the men's side? Oh, I think team's probably the, the most likely. Just yeah, he he's been the one that's sort of been the bridesmaid, hasn't he? A little bit to you know Djokovic this year at the Australian Open and Rafa in two French Open finals. Um, they're two guys you don't really want to run into at those tournaments. They hold all the records at those events for the for the most championships. So yeah, he's sort of almost done his apprenticeship now, and you know for him it's just going to be how does he handle that pressure of being the favourite? Um, it's a different can... pressure now. He's going to go into a semi or a final. Well, he's got, to, he's got to deal with that pressure and he's expected to probably win now. And on the female side, can Serena do it and make it 24? Oh, you're bold to, to bet against her. Um, <laughs> you know, when, you've won, when you've won 23, you've got a pretty good record, but I think it's just the recent record that you, gives you the doubt. You know, she's lost four slam finals trying to get to this record. I mean, Asaka's playing unbelievable tennis as I watch this now. And to be honest, Azarenka, with all the trouble she's been through, um, she obviously had a child, but then she had a, a bit of sort of custody battle that didn't allow her to leave the United States and be able to travel the world. So she had a long break, and she looks like she's back playing, you know, some high-quality tennis. I think this is going to be today the, the real test for Serena. If she gets through today, um, I think without the crowd in New York, that you know, obviously she's had some um, tumultuous times there in the last couple of years. Um, we all remember the situation with the chair umpire and the coaching scenario from not too long ago. Um, if she can get through uh, an Azarenka who's playing incredibly well, then you know, without that crowd there, you've got to think that that maybe just relieves a little bit of that pressure on Serena and gives her an opportunity to finally get to number 24.
And what's your thoughts about Ash Barty? Uh, she did initially, she pulled out of the US, of course, uh, for the reasons which we all understand. She did initially put her name down to, to go to the French Open, but has recently this week pulled out. When do you think we'll see her back? Oh, I mean, I was hoping we would obviously see her in Paris. Um, yeah. You know, if you take tennis out of the equation, you know, what's going on in France right now, it's escalating again, this coronavirus situation. And you compare to what they did in New York, creating this sort of bio bubble, and you see no fans in the stands and the player sitting. You know, they've made all the corporate suites actually around Arthur Ashe Stadium, the player individual sort of lounge rooms, locker room scenario. Well, Paris has got none of that. They've got fans on site. Um, you know, the players are a little worried about that situation. I think it would have been an incredibly hard decision. You win your first Grand Slam in Paris, you're the defending champion, and you don't go back. I'm sure it was a decision that took a lot of thought. Um, yeah, we'll see her back in January, no doubt. Um, we'll have, an, as I said, so I think we spoke yesterday. We'll have an Australian Open in January for sure. Um, in, in Melbourne, you know, I, I'd love to see in Melbourne. It's not, it's not going to go anywhere. It'll be in Melbourne. Um, yeah, obviously, there's been a lot of go, that goes in behind the scenes in terms of contracts and support from governments and sponsors that, that link a tournament to a certain place as well. That's why we saw the US Open being played in New York, even with all their struggles. So I have no doubt. You know, and Craig Tyler's come out this week. Well, what what the tournament looks like? That's that's still a long way off. So who knows? Mm. But you know, come January we'll see Ash. And you know, I, I think I would have loved to see her defend her French Open title. But you know, everyone makes the decision that they think is best for them. And you know, that's the one that she's made. And I, and I guess all we can do is you know trust that that was the right move. I hope you're right, um, whether there's crowds there or not. If there was crowds, how do you think Novak Djokovic would be received by the Australian public? <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I don't always think he's received that well by a lot of crowds. Um, yeah, he just divides opinion. You either you either like Novak, and his fans are always a hundred hundred percent supportive of him, but he doesn't necessarily necessarily engage with your average fan um, like some of the other players on tour do. And you know, you think about some of the antics, you know, recently through through this year. Um, I don't think he's done himself any favours in winning that general population over. Well, we'll wait and see. I hope you're right, Grothy. Hey, mate, always appreciate your time. An absolute gun. Um, continue on from an amazing tennis career and making your way in the media, doing a great job, mate. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Kay. I really appreciate it, mate. Have a good one. Live scores. Jennifer Brady, 4-3. She leads on serve in the second set of that uh, semi-final action at the US Open. Naomi Osaka won the first. And up shortly, just warming up at the moment, Serena Williams in a blockbuster up against Azarenka. AK in Brunswick has been waiting so patiently. Let's quickly sneak in a couple of your calls, mate. You want to speak about the Hawks? Thanks for joining me. No worries, Kane. How you going? Good, thanks. Just got a couple of points. Just got a couple of points I want to talk about. Uh, the first one is, what's going on between you and Mr. Clarkson, mate? It's been all year up and down, been giving it to you every time he speaks something. And um, it's just you're always down his throat, mate. I, I don't know what's going on down there between you two. Are you probably still upset on the preliminary final that Port Adelaide Hawthorne beat, beat you, that was you guys? That was rough, uh, okay. Yeah, I just think I think he just down his throat every time uh, he says something because he speaks his mind. Mm. I know you get I know you get paid what you uh, in the media and this and that, but I just think uh, that, that's my first point. And my second point is uh, Monday night, Caroline Rawson. Uh, she's a, a I mean she's a mad Richmond supporter, but on that on that day on that night she was uh, these Richmond boys were in trouble on the weekend. 
at the Gold Coast. If that was a if that was a if that was a Collingwood or Hawthorne players, what do you reckon she would have done? She would have absolutely ripped into one. Yeah, I think you're right, AK. I think she might have been a little bit harsher. We've challenged her on that before, um, but I appreciate your call. No, I'm nothing. I love Clarko. Who was lucky enough? He was my midfield coach for well a couple of seasons at Port Adelaide. He's a ripper, and you don't need to speak about him and where he sits in the game. But I think he's acting like a sook. Uh, I think, you know, he's not handling losing well at all. And um, I think there's a number of examples of that. Quickly go to Craig in Bendigo. He wants to speak about the Lions. G'day, Craig. G'day, Shane. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. That's right. Just a couple of points. Um, I thought I've never been a big fan of Cam Rayner. Um, just his attitude towards being hard at the ball. But Wednesday night, I thought he was just absolutely super a couple of times, especially in that third quarter. He was really tough and hard. But I was wondering what you thought about someone like Ben Brown going up to Brisbane and Brisbane. giving Eric Hipwood a bit of a chop out. Don't mind it. Think think it's think it's a fit. I, I love Hipwood as a player. I think he's going to be a, an extreme talent. We know that. Um, and Cam Rainey, you're right, play well. But the, the most ridiculous thing I've seen was that snap from the top of the goal square. Go back and kick your fourth, son. Kick a 10-metre drop punt and kick your fourth. That snap was was extraordinary. But, no, he's improving. Um, ben Brown, not the worst idea I've heard, but I, I think they're okay. I, I think they're pretty stocked, and I think as Hipwood fills out, he will command that key position role. So don't mind McStay, don't mind Hipwood. I'm not as concerned about their forward structure as a lot of others are. Tiger Bill, have you got a ruthless coach? Sure. G'day, Sugar. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, uh, you can guess who I'm talking about. He wore number 11 at Essendon. I think he probably wore the same number at Port. You played with him? I think he did, yeah. Damien Harbwick. Yes, there was something about him I didn't like when he used to play for Essendon. Same. For all these years, I, I finally figured it out, Sugar. He wasn't on our side. <laughs> and, now, and now he is. He's well, you're right. Front, my yeah. friend. He's taken yeah, us yeah. one. Taking us back there again. He's going to take us again. There's something about him. He's got some kind of controlled venom, controlled anger. He's got the death stare. He picks his targets, three-quarter time addresses, all of the above. I like him. In Dimmer, we trust. We say down at Tigerland, my fine-feathered friend. In yeah, Dimmer, good on you, mate. Nah, I, and, and good on you. You're lucky he's on your team, and I, I was with you. I couldn't stand him when he played for Essendon for whatever reason, and then he comes and plays on your team. I think this is the best teammate I've ever had. There was another one as well. I, for whatever reason, Angus Monfries used to annoy me when he played for Essendon, but then he came to us and one of top five best ever teammates, Angus Monfries, that I've ever played with. Was there a person out there, one 736 736 a player that played on the opposition that you just didn't like, but then you met them or they came to your club and you loved them? one 736 736 time for the latest news headlines. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.